we've always been at the forefront of being an institution focused on innovation. Things like the Proton Therapy Institute, things like weather satellites in space, a marine biology program, and so much more. I see all of those things as part of Hampton's future. Hi, I'm Tori Reed, the executive producer for Getting Deals Done. Getting Deals Done is about one of three dynamic intentions. Number one, the success mindset, which is about the visionary doer as well as the dream catcher. Number two, systems, what it takes to get deals done in the world. And number three, power, how big things are done in the world. Getting Deals Done is about impacting humanity one deal at a time. Our shows are produced for the busy executive in under 20 minutes with voiceovers that aim to clarify, inspire, and raise your collective business IQ. We hope the show will leave you supercharged with capital energy, focused with purpose, and ready to do your very best by being your best. Welcome to Getting Deals Done with Patrick Howell, my partner and a tenured financier, as well as someone who knows a thing or two about getting the deal done. We have all been through incredible changes since 2020. In fact, more people are committed to living their best lives than ever before. At Getting Deals Done with Patrick Howell, we are staying healthy and hydrated throughout this episode, courtesy of our premier partners at Vivro Water, a sustainable solutions company who has been leading the charge for nearly 40 years for a kinder, smarter, and lighter planet. With the most reliable, highest performing, and eye-catchingly stylish water dispensing equipment available, they specialize in advanced water filtration, chilling and carbonation, at the touch of a button or pull of a handle. Vivro Water is precisely the kind of life choice for leading captains of industry. We are all getting deals done and trying to lead our very best lives. Sustainable water, making the world responsible and healthier, one conversation, one deal, one pour at a time. Go to vivrowater.com, V-I-V-R-E-A-U, water.com for more information. Historically black colleges and universities are drivers of American economic growth as well as excellence. By extension, HBCUs foster global economic growth. As members of a consumer group with nearly $800 billion in spending power, HBCUs have been critical engines in fostering international growth and development. In this very special episode of Getting Deals Done, our executive producer, Tori Reed, takes the opportunity to speak with the new president, Daryl K. Williams, at her alma mater, Hampton University. They chose the setting of Robert C. Ogden Auditorium, also known as Ogden Hall, which is widely known for being one of the premier acoustical settings on the East Coast for musical performances and ceremonial activities. Located at the center of Hampton University campus, steeped in a rich history, it is also the stage upon which our world-class conversation takes place about the business of leadership and education. Let's listen in. Let's talk about when you were a student. You were first Mr. Freshman. Yes. Then became senior class president. Yes. And of course, now you're president of our yeah. home by the sea. You had a special mentor, someone that took time with you of the Hampton Institute ROTC program. 
You were then commissioned into the Army Quartermaster Corps in 1983. Take us back to that special time and that special someone. Yeah, well, actually, there were um, a couple of special someones. Before, but before I get to that, I wanted to say thank you to you uh, for highlighting Hampton University. I know you are a, uh, a very, very proud Hampton alum yourself. Yes. Ogre Phi Ogre 8. And so from a graduate of the class of 1983, Radiance, my class would always say, like the sun for mm -hmm. energy. Yes. Uh, it's such a pleasure to, to spend some time with you today. Thank you. But to the point of uh, who those mentors were from an ROTC perspective. And so there was one gentleman I remember in particular, and at the time his name was Sergeant Major Bernard Lloyd. And he was an active duty Sergeant Major with a very, very distinguished career who decided to spend his remaining days here at Hampton University sort of shepherding the ROTC program. And then there was Colonel Jones, who was our professor of military science. And so those two individuals had an enormous impact on my time here in ROTC and eventually my leadership style. And what I remember Sergeant Major Lloyd saying that stuck with me then as it does today, and that is that if you want to be an eagle, you have to learn to fly alone. So it took me many, many years to understand what he was talking about. But at the end of the day, what he was talking about was leadership and the fact that sometimes you have to be prepared to make really tough decisions, that you have to hold yourself and those around you to a very high standard. But ultimately, sometimes you have to walk alone. Mm -hmm. So I say to Colonel Jones and to Colonel Neal uh, before Colonel Jones, and then certainly to Sergeant Major Bernard Lloyd, who spent so much time with us young cadets. Uh, thank you for their phenomenal examples and for their leadership. And then I would say throughout my military career, there were so many others that are too numerous to name. Yeah. Thank you for that question. It's a great question. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. How would you describe your leadership style? I would describe myself as uh, collaborative, mm -hmm. but ultimately decisive. And when I say collaborative, I mean, I enjoy making sure that at the end of the day, the decision is about me, but the decision is the right decision for the organization that I lead. Oftentimes the right decision doesn't come from one person. It comes from the collective knowledge, wisdom, experience of all of those that are around you. And so I like to lead that process, a collaborative process, but then at the end of the day, there's only one person who gets to make that decision. And uh, obviously it's the leader of the organization. That's the kind of leadership style that I'll bring to Hampton University. Yeah. Well, let's go back to your why. Yeah. You are highly well-respected. You could write your own ticket. You could go anywhere and be celebrated based on your career path thus far. Why president of this institution and why now? Well, I don't know about writing my own ticket piece, <laughs> but I, for me, the answer is pretty simple. Uh, I love Hampton University. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about my life and career, there are few things in my life that have had the impact ultimately that Hampton University has had. And so I came here in 1979 from West Palm Beach, Florida 
And my family and I had traveled before, but we'd never traveled to Hampton Institute at the time. Yes. Then when I think about the experiences that I had over that four-year period of time, the lessons that I learned here about leadership, about character, about being a lifelong learner, about being a critical thinker, about community, about friendship, all of those lessons are ones that were honed at Hampton University, and they have impacted the rest of my life. And so when I got the opportunity to come back as president, uh, it was something that simply was, was too great to pass up. I would also say that I, uh, that I met my lovely wife here. Yes. Her name is uh, Myra. Uh, her maiden name is Richardson, but Myra Williams now. And so when you add that aspect of our Hampton story, Mm -hmm. coming back to a place where we met, and then all of those other things that I talked about. Um, I love Hampton. I think we have something to contribute, and I can't wait to get started. Yes, love and passion are drivers for excellence in industry. These two powerful forces create industry and move the world forward. From one president to a successor, the through line is passion love and the ability to dream and execute on a vision. Can't wait to see how you're going to transform yeah. this university and take it into the next era. You know, uh, when, when you come to a university and, and certainly throughout the whole interview process for the job, one of the things that everybody talks about is what do you think your vision for the university might be? And so there's a delicate balance between uh, thinking about a vision and then having a strategy too early. Ultimately, and going back to my leadership style, yes, you can provide a vision and you need to be prepared to modify that vision somewhat as you interface with our phenomenal faculty, staff, alumni, community, students, and other stakeholders. But my, my vision for the university going forward is to simply provide an unprecedented student experience mm. for our students. Now, let now, me close my eyes as yeah. you're saying this, because yes. I'm a visual person, so yeah. I want you to paint a picture for me. I want to yeah. feel it. What am I seeing? What am I feeling? Yeah. So first of all, hopefully what you're feeling is uh, a connectedness with our legacy mm. and the things that don't change about Hampton University. And so what yes. would some of those things be? So first of all, I think about our connection to things like the Emancipation Oak. Yes. That really is sort of the foundation of this university and that every student that's ever walked this soil has had a connection with. And so I hope you're feeling our legacy. Yes. The second thing I hope you're feeling is one of the things that our founder, Brigadier General Samuel Chapman Armstrong talked about, and that is this issue of leaders of character and providing this education for life. Mm -hmm. The next thing in terms of legacy I hope you're feeling is this idea of Hampton being the standard for excellence, which we have been. That model has served Hampton extraordinarily well since 1868. Yes. And no matter what we do in the future, I believe it will continue to be the basis of every single thing that we do. Now in terms of talking about that unprecedented 
student experience. Obviously, there's an academic component. We want to continue to be a world-class academic university. We're moving into the digital age. I mean, we're already there. Mm -hmm. We're certainly seeing Hampton being at the forefront of that. We've always been at the forefront of being an institution focused on innovation, things like the Proton Therapy Institute, things like weather satellites in space, a marine biology program, and so much more. Mm -hmm. I see all of those things as part of Hampton's future. And so that's the vision. The next part of this journey is to now gather with all of our stakeholders, as I mentioned earlier, our students, our families, our faculty, our staff, our alumni, and others, and take those components that I talk about and make them into a reality. That's where I see Hampton going. I hope you can feel that, by the I way. I felt it, yeah, I felt it. Good. You know, I yeah. had to close my eyes, yeah. I felt it, I saw it. Yeah. Obviously, many innovations, businesses, and industries are made with an eye to the future. But timelessness is manifested with a powerful connection to legacy. President Williams serves with an eye steadily fixed on the future horizon and another eye fixed on legacy. Far more than an executive, President Williams is a legacy holder and a bridge architect. Well, I know uh, one thing that's very important for students and the student experience, yeah. things like internet, things like social media of course. Uh, is a big deal. Let's talk about social media. I think that's something in an area that interests you. Absolutely, it does. And tell me a little bit about that and how you wish to, I guess, perhaps upgrade and prove mm -hmm. upon. Well, as I uh, am doing my own assessment of where the university needs to go, and I've had several different engagements up to this point, you know, since the time the announcement was made and me taking the job and me being here now, I don't think it's an understatement to say that I've had probably three to 400 separate engagements with individual students, individual groups, with alumni, faculty, staff. Uh, I've had uh, the occasion to go to Atlanta, uh, Georgia, to visit with our alumni in Atlanta. I visited with our alumni in Washington, D.C. So I've had a broad spectrum of engagements. And one of the things they all do talk about is the fact that this whole issue of social media has become such a big part of what we do mm -hmm. and how we have to talk about the university, its alumni, its students, and, and what it does. And so we are developing as part of our strategy moving forward, a social media strategy that will be even more effective than the one that we have now. So we all know the email is great, yes, but that's just the starting point, And it's only good for certain audiences, but certainly using Facebook, and using Instagram and using Twitter mm -hmm. and using all of those mediums will also be important. You might also have noticed as, as part of your preparation for this uh, that we're doing quite a bit on YouTube right out of the gate as well. So yes. we've done a number of things in that space. So I see all of those social media outlets being a part of our overall strategic communications plan. So thank you for that question. It's very, very important, mm -hmm. especially to our younger crowd. Another thing that's important yeah. to you, and I appreciate it, yeah. the alumni. Yes. 
one of your top priorities and the first things that you're focused on is really making the alumni happy and yes. satisfied. Yes. How do you see yourself doing that? Well, first of all, uh, as I talk to the alumni, they've asked me for three or four things as part of my, uh, as part of my approach. And I think they're all very reasonable and I think they're all things that we will deliver. So they've asked us to continue to be, first of all, transparent. Mm -hmm. And so if you wanna give to the university, what our alumni are asking is, make sure we know what our giving is going for. They always have. I've committed to making sure that we maintain that transparency moving forward. The next thing is, they wanna make sure that they are included. And so our engagement with our alumni is much more than about fundraising. The number of our alumni who've approached me about job opportunities for our students in the fashion industry, in the business area, scholarships to graduate school, and in so many other ways has just been extraordinary and phenomenal. One of the things that makes Hampton very, very special is our alumni, like you, and like so many others that I could name. They are so engaged with this university that I think it's incomprehensible almost for people outside of the university. I can honestly say that in all of my years in the military and my years uh, in, in the corporate sector, I have never gone anywhere in the world and not met a Hamptonian. Oh, wow. And when you do, yes. what's the first question they ask? What class are you from? Yes. And what was your class name? Mm -hmm. Ogre Phi Ogre 8. Yes. But our alumni are phenomenal, and they are the heart and soul of this university once they leave. And you know, we like to say in our alma mater, they allow their lives to do the singing. Mm -hmm. I love that about our alumni. Senior class president, who was a cadet, who went into the army to become a general and is now the president of his alma mater. That is a narrative arc for President Daryl K. Williams, the current president of Hampton University, arguably the most successful mid-sized university in America. Hampton University creates global leaders, just as it has with its most celebrated alumni, Booker T. Washington. Join us for part two of the special edition hosted by Getting Deals Done executive producer and proud Hamptonian University alumni, Tori Reed. She will further converse with President Daryl K. Williams at a pivotal transitional period in its history to discuss his approach to leadership and his definition of success. Until then, let's aspire to Hampton University's motto of the standard of excellence and education for life. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Getting Deals Done. Each show is engineered as meditation on success by the same team that has brought you success meditations on the art of life, as well as being your very best self with our flagship program, Here's to Life with Tori Reed. The Hilton Sacramento Art and West in Sacramento, California, is committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivery of a clean stay from check-in to check-out. Located a couple of exits from downtown Sacramento and California's capital, our hotel provides a world-class stay, amenities, and rooms at the center of the California experience. 
California is a world-class economy with visionaries, doers, and dream catchers at its heart. Our mission, as with Here's to Life and Getting Deals Done, is the highest possible expression of excellence, business moxie, humanity, and client care. As the world moves at a fast and sometimes hectic pace, we will provide you with a peace of mind. The Hilton Sacramento Art and West is here to make your experience a better one. We look forward to receiving you. I am Ginger Levert, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Hilton Sacramento Art and West. Our focus is on the customer experience and a pristine excellence. When you travel to Sacramento, stay with us and I guarantee your peace of mind. We look forward to bringing you another dynamic offering globally every two weeks. Be sure to join us for our virtual mastermind forum. And remember, prosperity is a state of being, not a ledger line on your bank account.